0: No matter where we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby. And we're back for another episode of the Stereo Bros Podcast. It's your boy, Patagonia and Lattes. I'm here with a very special guest. I'm going to let her introduce herself.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Zaniga, and I am the founder of Zero Based Budget Coaching, LLC. And I've known Khalil for quite a number of years, so I'm really thankful to be on the podcast today.
0: Perfect. Now, she did say my real name. That's okay. We're not going to hold that against her. But... uh this is the next installment of our financial literacy series where we explore ways to grow wealth, get rid of debt, and just give you good information from good people who are doing this and they're doing it really well. So to start with, let's just jump right into your background. What was your family's experience like growing up with money and what were your family's attitudes towards money?
1: Sure. So I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. Yeah. And- <laughs> Um, the Bronx is the best. Um, and to uh, my uh, amazing parents, uh, my mom is from Ecuador and my dad is from Honduras. They immigrated here many years ago. And we were, you know, we lived in a very low income community in the Bronx. And to be honest, uh, as far as what was going on money related growing up, well, there wasn't really a discussion about it, except that I knew that there was at oftentimes a lack of it. And so we didn't really know much about money management or, you know, anything like that. So to be honest, the money conversations usually focus on, you know, we can't afford that or not right now. Things like that. So I didn't actually, unfortunately, I didn't grow up learning much about money.
0: Wow. So when did you have the moment or the experience where you told told yourself that you needed to learn more about money and kind of improve your your financial outlook so i've always been interested in money
1: actually even though the conversations didn't really occur in my household i was i was always very mindful of money and saving and, you know, I joke about it now, but when I was younger, my sisters would ask me, like, hey, Cindy, can I borrow $20 or, you know, because, and my sisters, mind you, I won't disclose their ages, but they're a lot older than me. Um, but they just knew that I was the responsible little sister that was careful with her money. And so I was always mindful of money. Um, I just honestly didn't know much about it. You know, I didn't know much about interest rates or credit cards or investing or, you know anything like that and uh, to be honest with you I kind of went that way through high school through college and beyond Uh, so it honestly wasn't until after I graduated law school that I started exploring this world of personal finance and money management Uh, so in short it wasn't until I was 26 when I found myself You know, having graduated law school with, fortunately, a very good job, but a massive amount of debt that I told myself, I need to get it together. (laughs) And that's when I realized it's time for you to teach yourself this stuff because the schools didn't do it. So it's time for you to educate, self-educate on personal finance.
0: So how much law school debt did you come out of school with?
1: Yeah. So um, I graduated law school with a total of approximately two hundred and ten thousand dollars. Yes. For law school, it was about law school was about one hundred and ninety of that undergrad was about ten. And then I had about another ten in credit card debt. And actually, the credit card debt accumulated a bit after graduation, like in the months after graduation, because I had a gap between after law school graduation and starting my job. And I had barely any money saved. And so honestly, I lived off of credit cards. Everything went on the card. And so all when all was said and done, I had a total of, I think the more accurate number is about $213,000 of debt.
0: Makes my chest hurt even thinking about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and- it's June 2019 now. What is your current balance on your uh, debt, if you don't mind disclosing that? Absolutely not. Um,
1: so my current balance is $59,000, and I'm actually going to make another payment, uh, I think, tomorrow. So that'll bring it down. By the end of this month, it'll be $57,000, down from, yeah,
0: approximately, like, two thirteen. So That's a tremendous change. And, and what time frame did you that off
1: so my debt payoff journey started in January 2016 and so now it's been about it's been exactly three and a half years and I'm currently on pace to completely pay off my debt by December
0: 2019 so that's this tre- year that's tremendous so a few things there kind of follow up on um, what sacrifices did you have to make because because I've seen your Instagram and you're still like going on trips and you're still <laughs> You know shopping and, and still going to brunch and stuff like that what were some of the sacrifices that you made and you know that time horizon is really short like how did you get to yourself to paint that off a lot of people would just say 30 years and just pay the minimum
1: right right so you know full disclosure and I, I do try to be very transparent on my Instagram you know with my followers because I think that's pretty important uh, I did graduate, thankfully, with a very good job. And so I did have the comfort of knowing that I could make it happen. But even with a good salary, I knew that sacrifices were going to be made. And so for me, the biggest thing was getting on a written budget, a budget that I wrote down. And, you know, I look at my budget, honestly, once a day. Uh You know before like on my commute going home I'll look at my budget I I use the every dollar app and so I'll look at you know I'll log into the app and I'll look at what did I spend on today Um, where am I going slightly over (laughs) you know we all do it and yeah I mean I think the biggest thing was getting on an actual budget and as far as what did I have to sacrifice You know, I really enjoy dining out. That's something that I love to do. My boyfriend and I value the experience of dining out. But I knew that I couldn't do that every single weekend. I couldn't, you know, go out to buy lunch every single day where here in New York City, a lunch will cost you easily, you know, $15 on the low end on the low end. Plus, you add on like a morning coffee and a bagel and you do seamless for dinner because you're tired. You know, you're looking at easily spending forty dollars a week. I mean, I'm sorry, a day on food, you know, times five work days. You're looking at two hundred dollars times, let's say, four weeks. You're looking at eight hundred dollars potentially on just dining out. And that's not including Brunches and you know birthday events or anything like that. So for me, the biggest thing was uh, one of the biggest things was meal prepping. That was meal prepping was huge. It's something that I did in law school. Um, however, in law school, I did it because I needed to. Right in law school, I had to meal prep because I couldn't afford to go you know out in the village and just buy. Anything from your local, you know, whatever it may be,
0: Um,
1: you know, I could only only do that maybe once a week. And so I limited myself. But when I started working, I realized that I had the choice and I could really save in that area where I would tend to overspend. And so that's just one example. Um, But another uh, two other large areas is um, well, one is rent. So I share uh, rent costs with my partner. We have a one-bedroom apartment, and no, we don't live in midtown, (laughs) you know, in a luxury building in midtown or anything like that, because that's just not that's not part of our current, uh, you know, financial plans or anything like that. And then another big thing, huge area is I don't own a car, so because Mm -hmm. of that, I save on car payment, gas maintenance, insurance, insurance, tolls, everything like that. So I think that for anyone, you know, I always recommend look at the three main expense areas, household. So by that, I mean, rent, car, and food. Those are the three areas that you really want to look at. And really be honest, what's my spending looking like in those three categories? Because people think that, you know, how dare you get a manicure? How dare you spend, you know, twenty, forty dollars on that or whatever it may be. And they look at the really small costs and those add up for sure. Absolutely. Be mindful of that. But be more mindful of what am I paying in rent? You know, how can I save there? How can I do I need a car? I live in New York City. Maybe it's not necessary. So that's what I recommend to people.
0: Definitely. So a good segue into uh more about your recommendations. Can you share, you know, what your your zbb business is all about and uh give the folks some details on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started diving into this world of personal finance really late 2016, early 2017, uh when I realized there had to be a better way to get rid of this debt. Um, you know i was originally put on a 10-year repayment plan and i just did not want to be in debt for 10 more years so i started looking into different uh just personal finance blogs and you know different voices out there and so i uh came across just you know this debt-free community um on social media and i started seeing how very normal people were paying off their debt and people were talking about money and so for me especially you know a young latina whose you know parents immigrated from uh, you know from their respective countries many years ago didn't really have this kind of conversation at home it was important for me to be, a voice in this space that's typically dominated by white men. And so for me, I actually just started posting it on my personal Instagram first, right? I started posting about things like debt and, you know, saving and investing because I noticed that all of my friends were posting about their new car, right? Or this fancy vacation that they've taken. And all I wanted to know is how do they afford that? <laughs> you know, how I can this person it. afford that? And I was just very curious, and so I started talking about something that no one on, at least in my personal circle, was talking about, which is money. And so from there, um, a lot of my friends were like, "Hey, Cindy, you should consider creating a separate Instagram account for this because, you know, I'd follow you." And so I said, "Sure, like let me do it." And so last year, 2018, I created zero-based budget. And uh, which is a you know my platform for talking all things money, but also for tra- tracking my debt payoff journey. And I created that last year, two thousand eighteen. Really, kind of launched it August two thousand eighteen. And in less than a year, my follower base has grown to over nine thousand people. And I think that nice. the reason why people are interested in this is because they're interested in just this very candid conversation that not many are willing to have and so from that uh you know last year late last year friends and family were asking me like hey do you mind looking over my budget do you mind looking over my expenses or you know cindy i mean people were disclosing to me their debt amounts like you know through private message like, um, you know, through my DMs and saying, Cindy, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do. I know I'm overspending or, you know, Cindy, I have all this credit card debt. I mean, friends of mine, right? Like people that I knew were going on these like fancy vacations and they had thousands and thousands of dollars of credit card debt and they were trusting me with that information. And so... I uh, decided to start my personal finance coaching business. And so I started that in January 2019. So just six months ago, um, I became an LLC in February. So I am a registered business in the state of New York. For those and that don't know what yeah. an
0: LLC is, can you tell them?
1: <laughs> so it's a limited liability corporation, which basically uh, it's it's a it's a type of business. So for example, most people will do like a sole proprietorship, which basically means that you and your company are one in the same. And LLC, just to break down, you know, this like legal concept of corporations uh, is a separate entity than you, the person, but it's not so large and there are different tax implications than for example a corporation which you normally think about as a much larger business um so yeah so i you know my llc became official in february and i've been taking on clients since early this year and i've now coached i mean i'd say probably over 60 clients now at this point And it's been really great. You know, most of my clients, I mean, I'd say 99% of my clients have been women. And of those, I'd say maybe 90% have been women of color. And to me, that is, that's the point of all of this. You know, it's to empower women, but particularly women that perhaps never thought there would be a voice or someone like them or someone with their life experience just sit down with them over a cup of coffee and just talk about life and be real right um that's that's the mission of zero-based budget it's really to reach women in a similar position as me or you know as my sister or as my cousin or as my best friend and just start getting the conversation about money going
0: Perfect. And you mentioned zero based. I'm sure there's a ton of different thoughts, a school of thoughts, rather, on types of budgets that are out there. And yours is zero based. Can you expand on that a little bit? Kind of explain Mm -hmm. your budgeting philosophy and why you use that one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a zero based budget to make to make it sound very just very simple to break it down is when all of your dollars that come in equal everything that goes out such that at the end of the month everything balances out to zero and so a lot of people are like whoa you want me to spend every dollar that I bring in what do you mean like isn't that you know do you want me to live paycheck to paycheck and it's no 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 so I'll use an example because that's how I tend to learn best let's say your monthly net income so that is after taxes after everything gets taken out is four thousand dollars What I want you to do is at the top of the month, I want you to give those $4,000 that you're expected to bring in a job. Okay, so for example, you $1,000 goes to my rent, you $100 go to utilities, you $500 go to my debt payments. You know, every dollar that brings in needs to have a job. Um, Why? Because... That's how you find yourself at the end of the month wondering, where did those $500 go? Right. So it's all about accountability. And so, you know, and again, to just continue off of that example, um, you say, well, what about savings and what about investing and all of that? Well, put it in the budget. Right, make savings a line item in your budget. Say, hey, this month I'm gonna send $400 to savings, right? So that person with the monthly net income of $4,000, that person has decided that they're going to save at least 10% of that. And so they're going to send $400 to their savings account. you know, they're spending uh, X amount on entertainment, for example, right, X amount on personal spending or clothing or uh, a gym membership or whatever it may be, you know, be true to yourself and be honest, but just put it in the budget. And so for those things that happen that just pop up, right, because let's be real, things pop up, right? For all of my clients, I recommend that they have a miscellaneous category, Right. And this is a category where it's just the random things that come up, things that you just did not expect. You know, for example, um, you know, this one, I think, is specifically (laughs) popular for parents. Right. Where your kid comes with a permission slip for, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, (laughs) for uh, what are those like school School trips? trips, Right. For these school trips. And it's like, oh, mom, it's twenty dollars. And you're like, wait, I don't really have that in my budget okay, I'll take it from my miscellaneous category. Or to use a non-kid example, I was gonna I'll, say, I'll use FYI, myself.
0: There's no $20 school trip that exists. I,
1: listen, I'm not a parent. <laughs> so, you know, um, <laughs> my only experience with, like, children right now is my three-year-old nephew who does not go on school trips. Um, well, yet. But uh, to use a personal example, you know, like, last month, I think it was, I needed a pack of batteries. It's just like something random, right? You just need to buy a pack of batteries. And so, you know, that went in my miscellaneous category. So the point of a zero-based budget, uh, you know, to, to summarize it, is really to take track of every single dollar that you bring in so that you're never wondering where your money went and you know you asked kind of why why that budgeting method to be honest with you is because i needed that level of accountability right and i needed and i I consider myself a pretty disciplined person i mean i think you have to be to pay down the kind of debt that i've been paying so far you know it, it does definitely take some discipline um But what I tell my clients, you know, because I do encourage them to be on a zero based budget, at least at first, just so that they could be mindful of what they're actually spending. You know, what I tell them is, if you have five minutes a day for Instagram, you have five minutes for your financial future. You have five minutes to just log into your budget really quick. Look at what you spent that day, you know, and I suggest that my clients do when they're on their way home from work. Right. That's when I do That's it. That's a I do yeah. You know, I do it when I'm waiting for the train right on the subway platform. Obviously, far from the actual subway tracks. Right. I always, <laughs> you know, safety first people. Right. Um, but and always paying attention to your surroundings, of course. But I just quickly ask myself, you know, hey, Cindy, what you spend money on today? Oh, you paid your rent today. OK. Log that in really quickly. And, you know, you picked up some groceries. OK. Plug that in. All right. Great. You know, and, and I say that because. People think it's, it's such a hassle, but, I mean, your financial future is at stake. Absolutely. I think it's worth it. So.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wealth of information there. I hope folks are uh, writing this stuff down. But at the end, you're still going to get her contact information if you need to follow up for a fee, of course. Um, <laughs> all right. So, you know, this is the part where we roll into some of the more commonly debated items amongst you know people who do financial literacy work yeah uh first one mortgaging a house versus renting mm-hmm. what are your thoughts
1: so you know full disclosure i rent um right now home ownership is just not an option <laughs> because home ownership requires a significant down payment especially if you live in new york city you know what that means um i do think that home ownership is a great thing. However, however, I think that growing up, there was this emphasis on home ownership being the, you know, the pivotal moment in your life where you knew you made it when you own your home. But to be very honest with you, I've seen clients that are house poor, Mm -hmm. right? Where all their money is tied up to their mortgage and they don't have that flexibility Uh, You know, situations where it could probably be in their financial interests to just rent, at least for now. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with renting at all. You know, I do it. I've been doing it for, I don't know, seven years now or something. And I don't see that as wasted money at all, like some people try to say, uh, because it's provided me, you know, the roof over my head. Um, And also because, as I mentioned earlier, I share rent costs with my partner, it's, um, you know, it's doable for me right now, right? If I tried to graduate law school and just immediately jumped into purchasing a condo or something like that, I honestly wouldn't have been able to make the kind of progress that I've made so far on my debt. Um, Now, with that said, do I intend on purchasing a home and taking on a mortgage yes uh however i don't think that the first purchase will be a single family home i think that at least for new york city single family homes are typically much much more difficult uh you know in the sense that people try to paint them as investments i personally don't really see them as investments Um, I think something more like a condo or like a multifamily home is more of an investment. And so, you know, if you're asking me, well, I just I really want to buy a house. I, you know, I have kids and I have my spouse and we'd really like love to buy a home. Go for it. Right. Um, Of course, make sure you have a, a solid amount of your down payment, your closing costs, all of that. Uh, you know, any potential escrow fees, you know, everything that comes along with home ownership, but just realize that it might not be an investment. Right. So just say what it is. Say what it is. It's what? it's your home and that's OK. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it may not be an investment. And I say may because, you know, some people will say, well, you know, this person I know purchased property and, Brooklyn, downtown Brooklyn and like right. their property is now worth double the price you're going to tell me that's not an investment Oh, no, absolutely right but that's not that's not the norm I think so I think all in all where I come out on this is if you're just graduating school and you just want to really go you know take on an aggressive approach and just get rid of that debt and then consider home ownership, you know that's what I've been doing and, and I, I'm happy with that
0: there you go and just so you know, there are all programs where you don't have to put down as much money, yep. like NACA and the FHA program, yep. which are pretty useful as well. Um, that's solid. So the other question is that people love to ask is leasing a car versus financing a car versus just buying a used car. What are your thoughts on that?
1: On this, I will say straight cash. <laughs>
0: straight cash.
1: <laughs> I personally think that purchasing a car... A used car in cash is the best. However, I realize that's not, you know, that's not doable for everyone. But I do think that if you could just hold off a little bit and just save that money to purchase a used car in cash. Um, you know i think it's a good thing because potentially you could you could maybe sell that car and get at least something back out of it right so you have you have that kind of equity um you know your your car is an asset right in the way that it's not really if you lease it um but you know so so you have that you know and i i do understand the concerns of you know maintenance and then uh you know things like that and then full disclosure i have very close friends and family members at least their cars. So, you know, I don't think there's anything like specifically wrong with that. And I, I hear their uh, their focus oftentimes is convenience. And also, I mean, if that's something you value, if you value convenience, then go for that, right? Um, But if you're you're looking at it solely from like an economic standpoint, you know, I I do think that purchasing a used car would be best. I think that financing a new car is one of the worst financial decisions Mm -hmm. that you can make. And that's the one that I do feel quite strongly about. And I think it's because, you know, I'm sure many of you have heard, but... The second you dry a car off the lot, I mean, it dramatically depreciates. And I believe in purchasing assets that appreciate in value, not that depreciate. So I think all in all where I come out on this is definitely (laughs) buying used cash. Um, But then again, I don't have a car. So what (laughs) the heck do I know? (laughs) Even though I did have a car in college, but I no longer have one. There
0: you go. (laughs) Um, And you've also mentioned your partner. So finance and relationships where do you think the kind of like the middle ground is because there's some people that's, that will uh, like my belief is there's always one partner that's the cheap one <laughs> or the one that's better with, with money and um, I don't believe necessarily that you should inherit your partner's debt and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on on debt and, and relationships because I've, I've like people come to me all the time as if I'm some kind of guru and they'll say well you know um I want her or him to do this and stop spending, and they won't. And it can be like a strain in some relationships.
1: So money and relationships is something that must be talked about. And the reason why I say that is because if you look at the leading cause for divorce in America, it's money. Like, why aren't we talking about it more if, you know, people, you know, we talk about things like infidelity and things like that. And, and look, that's but that's black all which,
0: which we know, we okay. know that well. Um,
1: <laughs> well, you know, we 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 talk a lot about those kinds of topics, and I think they're obviously incredibly important and very, you know, we we need to be mindful of that. But. Like let's talk about money and relationships, right? Uh, let's not be scared about talking to our partners about money. So, you know, I've I've been with my partner for many many years, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've always considered him. To be my best friend. And the great thing is that we talk about money all the time. We have very honest conversations of, you know, our debt and our income and what our current responsibilities look like and what we want for our future, right? Um, No, we both do not want to finance new cars in the future. That's not actually, my partner doesn't even want a car. He just doesn't see the need for it at all. Um, you know, I do think that naturally he is more the saver and more frugal. And now I do like to draw the distinction between being frugal and being cheap. I think being frugal is when you're smart with the resources that you have versus being cheap is when you're just trying to hog the money to yourself, right? Where you're just trying to... I, I think cheap actually is quite synonymous with greed, to be honest, um, to an extent. Uh, But I think when you're frugal, it's just that you're mindful of your resources. And you're just, you know, I can spend money on this rather than that. So that's where I'll, you know, put my dollars. And so I do think that naturally he is more the frugal and kind of saver in the relationship. Whereas I'm more like the, you know, I... I don't mind necessarily spending money, um, especially if it's on something that I really value. I it, it's okay, and so I think that you know that for me was it was quite easy when I decided to get onto this financial freedom journey because I had a very con- candid conversation with my with my boyfriend, and he was like, "Yeah, this this sounds great," you know. And uh, to segue into just debt debt repayment and whether you should bring that into, for example, a marriage or anything like that. You know, I personally don't think that anyone should hold off a marriage just because of debt Um, or, you know, anything like that. I... Do think, though, that if you want to pay off your debt before you enter into that union for reasons because you're like, well, you know, this is this is the degree that I decided to take on and I want to pay it. Or, you know, I wanna be in a really good financial situation when our relationship takes that next step. Or, you know, I wanna be able to save for a wedding unapologetically without worrying about debt payments, right? Whatever it may be, I think that's personal to everyone. Um, The only thing I will say is please just have the conversation, right? Don't find out that, you know, your partner has a very different stance on money than you do after you're married, right? Have those conversations at first, you know, maybe you're not going to have it on the first date, right? But second, right? (laughs) But like, right. Knowing me, probably. Um, but ask your partner, you know, what what's your salary like? Right. What um, what are you thinking of in terms of future raises and bonuses? And then you just disc- you disclose that, too, like you share it. And a lot of times as far as getting your partner on board, you know, I think that people tend to you know, they're very tempted to just say, well, you have to do this. You have to do that. That's not how you win someone over. Instead, ask them what are your goals. Right? What is your why? Right? So people ask me, "Well, Cindy, what's your why?" My why is my family. Right? My family and my community. The community I grew up in, and my family. Um, you know, obviously my parents. My parents sacrificed so much for me that I don't ever want them to lack again, and that's my why. So ask your partner what's their why Mm. and then say you know what well then in order to accomplish that maybe we can do this right that's how you get to your partner not by saying I'm putting you on a budget like that's that's not how you're going to win someone over so ask them their why but also be willing to
0: reveal yours as well Mm. it's powerful stuff I was going to ask you for your like a few tips or like uh, words of wisdom you drop so many I don't know if you wanted to uh, <laughs> add anything else to that I think the piece about you know what people's whys are and that transparency is super important because I hear people tell times like you know I didn't know that she owed or he owed you know yeah. 56 thousand dollars in credit card debt or student loan debt until after the fact and sometimes it's hard because I think part of the reason why I always ask people about their financial backgrounds is because if you grew up in poverty and he or she didn't you may value money and hoard money or be more frugal. That person may just have the expectation of it'll it'll come in. And if those two things aren't aligned, then as you start in, you start thinking property and kids and things like that. Yes, it absolutely. can definitely be like a repeating stressor and if you keep having the same argument over and over again in a relationship, that can be an anxiety which can, you know, lead to a, the D I V O R C E word. <laughs>
1: Right, right, exactly. Um, You know, I think as far as like just parting words, I would say, you know, just take the first step and you you're, you probably use social media a lot. So just start following people in this personal finance space, you know, and I, I think you're doing, you're you know, if you're listening to this, you're already doing, taking that step, right? You're listening to this podcast, which is in and of itself a great resource. But I think that, You know, just if you like Instagram, follow people in the space in Instagram. If you if you like blogs, start reading, uh, you know, from people that are in this. Right. People that are paying off debt, people that are, you know, that have achieved financial freedom, whatever that means to them. Right. Just start exposing yourself to this information um, and also do what I do. Read. Right, read. There's so much power in financial literacy, and and that doesn't matter what you do. You can be a cop, a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, a social worker. You know, no one can take, a rapper. or or maybe an up and coming rapper. <laughs> right, um, no one can take your knowledge away from you. So just start learning, start reading some books. You know, and um, and yeah, I mean, self educate. That's what I did. <laughs>
0: Powerful stuff Where can they find ZBB at On the interwebs
1: Yeah so My website is uh, Zero Dash, dash Based Budget Dot com Or Instagram is At Zero Based Budget No dash uh, If you're Interested And you want to Send me an email I'm at Info At Zero Dash Based Budget Dot com And uh, Yeah You know I, I have a I think I have a good amount of information on there to get you started on the various topics, uh, whatever you may be interested in. And if you have any questions, just message me. I try to be good about responding to all the messages I
0: receive. So you yeah. have Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Snapchat, any of that kind of stuff too?
1: Uh, no, I'm not really big on Twitter, so that's why I don't have one. I probably should. Um, but and, and then I have Facebook. I have a zero-based budget, but you know i I think i i interact more (laughs) exactly (laughs) so i interact mainly with my followers on instagram or through my website
0: perfect well thanks for stopping by folks hope you enjoyed this installment of the financial literacy series over and out